Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And this week we've got a special treat. Uh, we have the IMDb page for the show open. And as we talk about it, we're going to make a, like a concerted effort to refer to the characters by their actual names, not by the names of their Criminal Minds analogs. So, fingers crossed, this works out. We are just going to apologize in advance for the pronunciation. Because yes. IMDb doesn't have a pronunciation guide. They just have spelling. Well, and they don't even know how to spell criminal minds in English, IMDb. So um, what I will say, I will also say that we will use their first names. We will try and use their first names. Whenever possible. No, well, we have them here. And always remember that like the Bajorans... <laughs> Their last name is always given first, and then their first names, or yes. their the names that are used, are after. So uh, The term is given name. Given name. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Uh, family name <laughs> and given name is the best way to su uh, do it. Uh, yes. Because it's incredibly culturally offensive to refer to a first name as a Christian name. Uh, but that's because it's well, the name you're baptized yeah, with. I I think it's been, yeah, it's been, I think legally it's been given name for a long time. Oh, no, it has. I'm just saying. Yeah. People still say Christian name. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a weird thing to still be saying in this day. Well, and you know what? You know what the bizarre part of that is? I don't. Is it only refers to the forms of Christianity that give names at baptism. I know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my name, I mean, I was baptized when I was seven years old. There you to go. come into the community, right? Yeah. So Apparently no, you didn't officially I, my have name, a name until yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had one. I, I got my birth certificate. Anyway, uh, let's, yes, let's that's get That's where we're to going. This. But yeah, that's where we're going with given name. All right. So we're going to do a slightly weird thing today because we're going to be covering two and a half episodes. Uh, Criminal Minds Korea does not restrict itself either to doing one case per week or just simply doing two-parters they do something far weirder which is and this is what's going to happen the the first episode 305 is an entire story all into itself but then the second episode is like two-thirds of a story and so we're gonna have to go into 307 to talk about the end of the episode from 306 but then in the last 20 minutes of 307 a new story starts that's going to be continued in 308 and we're not going to address that. So I will, uh, if you were watching along with us, hopefully you watched up to the end of, uh, uh, the end of the Carla Homolka story, which is 306 and the start of 307. But if you didn't, now's your chance to do that because we're going to be talking all the way through. Yes. And, and we must, we must also tell people that no, you're not crazy. Um, somehow or another, a whole section like, uh, 305. Yeah, is missing. No, episode five. Fifteen minutes five, of the one, episode on YouTube. Yeah, is missing like uh, one one section. It only yeah, has so three sections. Minutes. Yeah, so it's missing fifteen minutes because. And I remember going, how did how is, how why, did he why get are we there? here? Yeah, why are we and here? Honestly, like, had and you I went not looking seen, for. Well, no, I understand, I, but had you not seen the episode of uh, Criminal Minds that it was based on? It would be complete gibberish what we were watching. So yeah, yeah, it wouldn't make any helpful. sense. Yes. All right, so, so let's get right to it. Okay. Uh, it is just simply put, it's the anthrax episode. 
305 yes. is the Anthrax episode, and this is the closest reproduction we've had yeah. uh, of an original Criminal Minds episode yet. Like, if you look at the first two, they took the pilot and they really expanded it and turned it into a much bigger story than it originally was. And you take the second two and they told what we thought was the entire Reaper story instead of, you know, doing it in two halves over a long amount of time. They just did it in a single two hour movie, essentially. Yeah. Or so we thought, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, and, but this time it's just, no, it's a, it's a straight recreation. It is the, uh, it is basically the exact same story. The only thing that has changed majorly is who the villain is and what his motivation is. Okay, yes. And, of course, we do not know. We're going to come to this discussion of Hyun Jun. Yeah. Okay. Um, no. Oh, no. It's not Hyun Jun. It's, it's our... Is he called Han? Who are we talking about? We're See, talking the about the, the Spencer. In front of you. No, okay. the Spencer character. Yeah. But there's no picture. <laughs> well let's assume that's han okay and if yeah. it turns out to be wrong if we turn out to be wrong about that we will correct ourselves later uh but our, yeah, apologies. We were, we're, our apologies in advance we're going to talk about han when we get there yeah uh, and if we have to correct that name later we will all right uh so <laughs> it starts exactly the same way guy goes to a park he tests the wind to make sure it's blowing downwind towards the crowds of people dumps a bunch of anthrax in the air walks away and then we cut immediately to mass amounts of trauma, people in the ho uh, people in the hospital, people dying. The team gets called and they start interviewing people like all beat for beat. This is exactly like the Criminal Minds episode. And just like the Criminal Minds episode, they're like the the big question they have for themselves is, do we tell the public this is happening? Right. Yeah. And. They're like, if, and th what they come down to is, from a public safety standpoint, they're like, if we tell the public this is happening, it's going to be such a panic, and it might hurt our chances of catching the guy, so we're not going to do it. Yeah. And it's it's just as jarring here as it was in the original. To be like, oh, it's, it's scary to think of the cops keeping that from you, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, and this is where it gets a little troubling because we we watched the first two segments, and again, it follows it pretty closely. But then the key segment, which is how did they find out about the guy? Yeah, that's the part we don't have. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's kind of difficult to discuss. One thing that the show does that's uh, significantly different is it isn't coy about the fact that they're. Um, not only is it not coy, but like it reveals right away that there are two guys working on the the anthrax plot. Anthrax, yeah. Yeah. Like right away, they just show us that they're two guys. They don't show us their faces, so it's like we they still want us to be surprised later. But there's two guys working the anthrax plot, and that is one of the, the big changes. Because of course yeah. in the original there was just a guy manip kind of manipulating someone else to work on an anthrax, and then he used it for his own revenge against the government for not taking him seriously with his anti-anthrax planning. This time, on the other hand, I I'm not really sure why one of the guys was involved. Are you? No. Well, 
I guess they just wanted to have the two bad guys have some discussion. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Like they needed the guys you know? to talk and show the guys scheming, and I mean it is and uh, how the one guy doesn't really want to do it. Yeah, and he wants to back out. Yeah, it's it's all fa- like it's all fairly well done, but I'm just so frustrated that the part that was cut out of the episode on YouTube is the part where uh, Han goes to co- like it's just like when. Spencer and Derek went to the guy's house and he walks in and he sees that's the lab and he's like, guys, you should have been more careful here. We don't really know what happened, but obviously something bad happened because he got clubbed and stabbed by two guys. Yeah. And he was bare. So, I mean, I would assume, you know, he didn't walk into an anthrax lab the same way in the original as as he did in the original, as as I said, when I'm talking, okay. Um, yeah, so it, 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 it was a bit confusing. It was hard (laughs) to to follow because when you're missing that chunk, I, you know, you have to assume they went through something or other and found, they they probably found the, they probably did the same thing as they did. They found the doctor first who had made all of these things. Yeah. uh, Who has an expertise in manipulating anthrax and they went to talk to him. But then when they got there, it turned out that, you know, the criminals were there having already killed the doctor. And that's when he got stabbed and stuck in this lab that is full of anthrax. Yeah. We we have to assume that's what happened. And of course, then the question becomes, are they going to be able to find the antidote? Because you can't just give them the normal antidote, Cipro, uh, because this is a genetically modified version of anthrax. I don't know how realistic that is, but it's a nice ticking clock for the characters. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I thought that was, it's a nice ticking clock, I thought. And then the other thing you have here. Yeah. Okay. Is this the, the episode where we find out she has a niece? Yes. Where we find out that JJ, who is named. Uh, I think this is where it gets a little difficult. Okay. I think. She, is she Min Young or is she Na Huang? I think she's Min Young, but again, yes. we're going to change that as we go, if we go. So okay. we find out that Min Young has a niece whose parents were killed in a car accident, and she visits her as much as she can, and then we get the threatening thing, just as we did in the original, of a family member being in danger, right? Uh, as we did with, I believe, was Jack in danger in the original? Oh, I can't even about, remember. It's, we'd have to go back and check the episode. I think but, so. It would have to be because he's the only he's, he's the, the only, only child, child that anybody's show. got. Any responsibility anybody's Before. got. So Yeah, it's true. There's there's nobody with extended family who has kids. No, and it's very nice to on that they mind. created an, another child. Yeah. You know, like uh, this responsibility. What we're getting over this that's what i thought at the beginning when you it because it opens with a scene with her with her niece and she has to leave and you know the niece is very upset Mm -hmm. and um but what was nice about that is that you you see right um these family structures you see the responsibilities that people take yeah for other people Oh yeah, and within Even their when family structure, and it shows that that like the kind of people they are reflects why they got into this line of work, right? Mm-hmm. 
because let's face it like she's the kind of person who is concerned and do- is responsible for her niece and does want to do right by her it's like well of course you got into the line of work of helping people professionally like it's just it's yeah. it's a completely logical little note to put in there yeah. under the and characters. and then with the Derek character who's known as Hyung Jun Hyung Jun gotcha yeah and he's first listed so he's considered the key character um, as I keep saying <laughs> yes, I know. Okay. Uh, but at, we didn't talk about at the end, I don't know if it's the same one that you saw, that you see him going back home, I guess, to see his grandmother? Yeah, uh, the, in the yeah. previous yeah, in the previous episode. The last the pre- shot And we didn't talk home. about it. Yeah, the no. last shot is him going to see his, it looks like After the funeral. Yeah, his yeah. mother or grandmother after the funeral. We don't really know who the character is yet, but that's something I assume they're going to follow up on later. Uh, so yeah, we know, and so then of course you get uh, exactly what you think you're going to get. Oh, the school trip that the niece is on is to the museum. The where Independence, the guys, uh, yeah. Yeah, the Independence Museum. Uh, about That's about, you know, the uh, it's all about the aftermath, you know, the war and the aftermath of the founding of South Korea's estate. It's a whole museum devoted to that, which is, seems kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, which, hey, still pretty recent history for them. Yeah, well, the Americans are sort of still there. Exactly. Yeah. It's the DMZ. I mean, I mean, the war hasn't ended. They're just in a truce. They're still in. A, I mean, the war the isn't over. A Seventy, a 70 yeah. year ceasefire is what's happening. Yeah, right is now. basically now. Yeah. yeah. Can you believe it? It's, it's almost seventy years. Almost seventy years that they've had that ceasefire going on. It's it seems crazy, but that's a one hundred percent true fact about Korea. Uh, so yeah, that's where the bomb is going to be. So they search the place and they think quite rationally, like, um, here it's all just completely rational, logical stuff. They're like, okay, well, obviously the only way to sort this out is to like send it through the ventilation system. Like that's the only way to get this stuff to to send it through the anthrax. So they're like, okay, let's go and shut down the ventilation system. Of course they run into the killer at the ventilation system. He's a special forces guy who has a grudge against the government. Yep. And that's his motivation. Uh, and so he gets into a, uh, he gets into a fight with, I'm blanket on Derek's name again. Say it for me again. Young Jun. Young Jun. Uh, so I'm just gonna, uh, he gets into a fight with Young Jun. And we get, as I say, every episode, Young Jun needs to chase somebody and Young Jun has to have, uh, a fight, fight with somebody yeah. <laughs> and that's what happens this week it's more yeah. justified than most of the fights because the guy is a special forces uh commando so yeah. it actually makes more sense that he would be ready to have a fist fight with this guy but he has a fist fight uh young jun wins but the guy's got de- a detonator and we find out that his backup plan was to blow up a bomb in a in a car loaded with the anthrax yeah and I don't know anything about anthrax, but like my instinct is, wouldn't that just destroy the anthrax? Would that really spread the anthrax? Well, he might not have been smart enough to figure (laughs) that one out. Okay. Because the bomb would do a lot of damage anyway. Even if the anthrax didn't spread. Yeah, the shrapnel from the bomb would kill a bunch of people, even if the anthrax didn't spread. I'm not saying they could just let it off, but it's not as dumb as the guy in that episode of Criminal Minds, in the Arlington Road episode of Criminal Minds. Okay, thank you. It is a different episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's It's not as dumb as that Arlington Road episode, where the guy's plan to kill everybody with anthrax was to put a bunch of anthrax bombs in a... 
in an airtight car in a parking garage 200 meters away from the FBI building? Like, that was one of the worst plans I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but yes, it's weird that they did two different episodes about, uh, you know, people using anthrax. But they did. And the second one was uh, the movie Arlington Road. But, you know, with enough of its own twist that was very interesting and anchored by a fantastic performance by Tim Kang, show from The Mentalist. And, of course, I don't know who he plays on Magnum P.I. He's on Magnum P.I. now. Big fan of that. He plays, he's the detective. I know he's the detective. He's, he's the police the detective. Yeah. Oh. Uh, he's uh, Detective Katsumoto. There you go. He yeah. was supposed to be playing the same character from the old TV show, but what happened there was uh, Sung Kang uh was gonna play that part and then sung kang decided he didn't want to like sign on to seven years of a tv show or maybe he just did it as a favor to his uh his buddy justin lynn either way uh he didn't end up on the show proper which uh you know good job for tim Tim kang yes uh but yes so the guy gets shot by some special forces people but not before he sets off the timer on the bomb and then we have uh, a really thrilling scene yeah it is a really the, thrilling action scene where... Well, first of all... Tell us they, the name of Emily. Kai Hyung. Kai Hyung has to... Uh, she sees the bomb, is ready oh, to go... Oh, not Kai Hyung. Sun Woo. Sun Woo, okay. Kai She's Hyung Sun is... Woo. Kai Hyung is Kang. Oh, okay. Ka- Kang, okay. Is uh, team leader Kang. You see how confusing this is. <laughs> okay, so it's Sun Woo. Sun Woo. All right. So she gets into the car and we have a gr- like a really thrilling action scene where she's trying to get as far away from the... She's trying to pull a Derek. From the museum as possible. Exactly. The kind of thing Derek yeah. would do. Uh, trying he to get as far do. away. Uh, yes. Trying to get... <laughs> he did do at that time. Uh, trying to get as far away from uh, the place as possible. But, right, there's a car accident. So she's stuck. She can't drive away because there's a car accident taking up the whole road and there's trees on either side of the road. So she can't just drive around it. So she's stuck and she has to be talked through the disarming the bomb. Bomb. And we get a flashback, of course, to the very first episode and the bomb disarming in that episode. They don't actually show us a flashback, but it's supposed to remind us of the last time they were all involved in a bomb disposal. It did not go well. So that is like hovering over the characters in an interesting and kind of scary way. So yeah. I thought that was all very well done. Oh yeah, no, no, it was it was riveting. Yeah, that part of it, you know, it's for sure. It was it was a really good scene. It was riveting. You know, she does just methodically do exactly what she's told to do. She doesn't do any questions. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, the, the funny thing was when they, to me, the funny, the funny thing was right at the beginning. So they give it some extra, they get some extra time because they blank all the cells, cell phones. Yeah, so you have the all these phones. kids, all these kids looking at their phones going, they can't take pictures. They can't do anything. Right. Yeah, I know. Now they could take pictures, but. Well, no, no, yeah, but they can't. They're trying to like take pictures straight to Instagram or right. whatever is yeah. why it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I thought that, uh, I thought that one really, that was a really good scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, but... I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, but you, you, it's a really fun sequence overall, right? Because you've got these, um, you, you've got the idea that like at any moment this thing can go off and you don't think it's going to go off. You don't think they're going to kill her, but 
you're not sure either. No. You don't know where the, you don't 100% know where the show is going. And I kind of really like that about it. Yeah. You know? So it was, it was a good, we're, I mean, we're sort of talking about this in bits and pieces almost, yeah. but that, that, you know, when you're missing, when you're missing part of it. Yeah. When you're missing was, part of it. Well, cause we can't talk about the psychological stuff cause all of the profiling happened in the 15 minutes, minutes we're missing. We- so all we can talk is about the action scenes, which were very well produced, and the key character moment that happened, which I really liked, because uh, Sun Woo is the one who is incredibly, like, 100% to to Min Young. You can't tell, like, you can't, you can't warn your family, you can't tell them not to do things, we can't risk this getting out. But then, it's revealed right at the end of the episode... That when Sun Wu saw the niece in the museum, she went and tipped off, uh, essentially the, the teacher and the, and the teacher, to get the kids out of there. And well, thought, what she said was, "We're doing some maintenance, so yeah. could you kind of go outside for just a little yeah. while, find exactly. someplace else to go yeah. for a little while? Yeah, just get out of the air." And it's like she knew the vents were a danger, and so she's like, "I know this is risking, you know, get it getting out, but I can't." watch these kids in danger so even she the one who is most forceful in the yeah. fact that they have to keep it a secret even she when faced with like the actual human cost of that decision bulked at yeah. going through with it and that's an interesting character moment for her and i'm glad they included it in the episode yeah i, I mean this really is good. this is where we're getting all these different takes on people that they, they've created they're using this sort of the basic characters but they're changing them yeah little by with little things the other thing i like about this of course is that we're we're and this will continue on for the next episode etc is is this issue of ptsd yeah because we didn't talk about the start of the episode i wanted to thank you for realizing i wanted to save that to the end so yes. remember at the end of the first uh, Reaper episode where they've caught the Reaper and yeah. then off camera he escapes? And then the second Reaper episode is the whole scene where it's all framed with the interviews about what Hotch did and, you know, whether he can be trusted to keep running the team, blah, 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 blah. So this episode starts with what looks like it's going to be, oh, uh, the interviews about whether team leader Kang uh, can still be in charge. But then we find out three lines in that, oh, yeah, the Reaper escaped. Yeah. And it's just as unsatisfying here as it was in the original. Like, what, he escaped off camera? That's abrupt. Uh, It's a little less painful because it doesn't happen in the same episode. But it's still kind of frustrating that they didn't, like, show us or give us any context for how he escaped. Because I feel yeah. like it's, it's got to be harder to escape when you are the nation's most famous serial killer than they're making it out to be. And they cheated the first time uh, in the original Criminal Minds, and the Korean Criminal Minds cheated as well by just having it happen off camera. It's like, no, you got to write that. You got to show us that. Come on. <laughs> well, you know. I know, I know. I know. They can't. It, it's nice to know that they don't, they can't solve everything. <laughs> You're absolutely right. But yeah, we get news. So, and this is the real 
interest. This is where the show takes an interesting turn that completely separates it from the original Criminal Minds, because at the end of the second uh, Reaper, like they have now gone through the entire storyline of the character of the Reaper. Yeah. From the original, except in the original, he died. Here, he escaped, meaning we're going to have a bunch more of the Reaper and we have no expectations for what he's going to do or what's coming next because there is no basis for it in the original. So I am crazy excited to see, yeah, to see what they do with the Reaper. Wow. I yeah, mean, that I, was that I didn't was see it coming at all. No, because because you think, OK, that's the end is the end. Yeah. And then you have but you have the discussion as I said, and it's interesting that the Aaron Strauss character, yeah, okay, is not the same character. She's not the one who's the heavy. She's cons- he's concerned. Yeah, he's concerned, but there's a higher up guy. It, it's it's a higher up committee that is is pushing this. Yeah, who thinks and maybe he, just, he can't? Yeah. So he's basically, you know, talking to them, and he does say the line. Well, you know, you, you, you have to watch him Mm -hmm. and you know, you're going to have to take over. Yeah. If he can't do the job, if he can't do the job, you're going to have to, but he also tells Kang team leader Kang that, yeah, you know, I mean, team leader Kang is well aware that he has this problem. The other thing I like, as we'll see going forward in these, these episodes is that you see that he is continuing his therapy. You don't get this. Uh, Therapy no, I don't is for need the it. weak nonsense from criminal yeah. minds. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, it doesn't have that attitude towards therapy at all. He still goes to see and he understands that he has these problems. Yeah. And we, we see him having the problem. Like he just, yeah. he freezes up from time to time and he has trouble focusing from time to time. Like, yeah, he has really been like, he is really suffering. After the death of his wife. And it's like, the show does not downplay it at all. No. 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 I mean, that's the thing. On Criminal Minds, you know, Hotch is just back at work next week. You know? (laughs) That is not true in Criminal Minds Korea. Like, this is having a long-term impact. And and there's even, like, the whole thing, it has such a different color. Because when this shows Strauss, who I guess is Beek San? San Beek? Well, uh, that, uh, or that's Park Min, like one San of Beek. I think San well, Beek. so his name is San. San, yeah. So he's uh, Young Cho Kim. Young Cho Kim plays oh. San Beek, who's the boss. Yeah. And so remember in Criminal Minds when Strauss was going like wanted to fire Hotch. Yeah. And thought Emily was you know a climber who would want to take over. Here, th- we have basically the same thing with the idea that. Uh, Sun Woo is going to have to uh, take over running the team if any if like uh, if if team manager Kang shuts down, right? Yeah. But and this is the key part. Neither of them seems particularly psyched about that idea. No, neither one of them yeah. seems psyched. Neither one of them thinks this would be a good idea. They really want team leader Kang to get his shit together. <laughs> yes. But they all know it's going to take time. And unfortunately, in the world of solving serial murders and criminal minds, time is the one thing they don't have. Yes, whereas here... Yeah. Oh, it's... They okay. Have time. So which... 
Well, yeah, they, uh, but they show the character, right? They, As you say, they show him getting therapy. They show the lasting effects this is having on him. It all feels very grounded, very realistic. It's good character stuff. Now let's yeah, move on but, to the second yes. episode, but, um, which is, it's the, it is the Carla Homolka, Paul Bernardo story. Yeah. It's that one again. And you see the very first difference. Yep, right from the, the start. The father doesn't die of a heart attack. Yeah. We we thought that was a, a gilding the lily needless ac- extra cruelty in yes. the original. And it was. And you know what? It added nothing to the episode. And here this episode doesn't have it. And it's not any worse. That's exactly it. In fact, I'll say it. I think this is a better version of that episode. Yeah, well, and it takes you, I think, a little further away as well from, oh, this is much better. Uh, yeah. It takes you further away from the Homolka story. Oh, yeah, a lot further. Bernardo and Homolka. So it's not as obvious. The other thing is that actress. Oh, who, my God. Who plays the, the Homolka character. The car, uh, is fantastic. Unbelievable. If you had never seen the original story... You would have no idea no she idea. was the killer. No. Like, no, whereas in the Criminal Minds one, you she already know this. She's basically twirling a mustache the yeah. entire time she's on screen. Yeah, she's, yeah. You know, you, you know that, that, that she's... You know something's up with this lady from the first time you see her. Whereas here, you no. haven't got a clue. No, you would not have a clue. It's that good a performance. Like, she plays the abused partner perfectly perfectly and she's so upset and she's so and they believe her completely (laughs) and And you can understand why oh yeah absolutely you can completely understand why so uh it's it's again basically the same episode uh except of course uh because it's korea every place is much smaller they're not like grabbing women who are on vacation or far away from home or anything they're just grabbing women on their way home or in a um in a public place and they're all women who uh they're all like women who are and they do the uh, what's his name um oh god uh bundy thing where they they have the killer seem to be you know helpless in one way and they're only picking women who have uh the tendency who who are kind a tendency yes. to be kind and to help. And that is part of what, you know, makes them such scumbags is they're perfect. They're specifically targeting essentially kind and nice people. And we do find out why later on. Like, it's not yeah. just bleakness for the sake of bleakness, as we got in the original version of this episode. Yeah. And you don't and you don't get that. You, I mean, I don't know. You have to you can go and listen to our Homolka, our Bernardo Homolka thing you could actually listen um it it is um yeah it is an interesting change and a shift and you don't even when you get to the end you don't have that sort of weird fight that you had yeah um between the two women yeah (laughs) um in the criminal minds episode whereas in korea no you know um and they get her um they correctly put down, but we get the backstory for the Hamoka character that is more um, 
Well, we, we get, uh, it's, well, no, I guess I'm by the end. Do you want yeah. me to say what happens at the end when she goes on trial? Because that's another thing that we never seldom see is yeah. that you see her being taken into trial. Yes. And, and what you see there is her mother is in the crowd and looks at her and says, I'm sorry. Well, let's give all... the backstory. Yeah. Let's give the backstory, which is, all right. So the, the big changes and the first one, they were just psychopaths and monsters, right? We didn't yeah. know why they were doing it. We didn't know what created it. This episode goes a long way. It's, and again, keeping in tune with the rest of the show, it does not mystify and turn the villains into monsters, right? No. And I, I know that we have complained in Criminal Minds in the past about the show being too facile about the villain's motivation sometimes, right? Yeah. And we have complained about that. And you could, you could say, well, why aren't you complaining about this? And I'll say because, A, it's better acted, and B, <laughs> it's better written like, they really sell the victim's motivations. And next yeah. week, we're going to talk about their version of the, the Mitch Pileggi thing. Because they actually did a, um, a really good job in the Road Rage Mitch Pileggi episodes of, like, showing how this guy could never get over the de guilt of letting his daughter die, right? And how it essentially, like, pulled him away from his family to the point where he could not... He could Let's not, not Okay. No, no, but I'm just saying yeah. that uh, what I'm saying is, so it's like Criminal Minds was able to do that at times. Yes. They just didn't do it enough and they didn't do yeah. it well enough. This episode, when you get the backstory for the Carla Homolka character, that she was being like, serially abused. raped by her stepfather and she tried to go to the police and her mother, you know, got her to lie and say it was just some boy who attacked her. Her boyfriend. Not the stepfather. Yeah. This horrible boyfriend she was seeing. Exactly. It did it. Not the stepfather. She made her lie to cover for the stepfather. And it creates this, um, how shall I put this? This idea that there are mothers out there who abuse their daughters in these ways and do not prepare them for the world, for the brutality of the world. And so they go out and they seek out these women and they torture and murder these women. And the key part is they mail the videotape to, to the, the mother. To the mother. And not, yeah, and not only yeah. that, it's the mother that finds the victims. And yes, in the first cases, well, I should have mentioned the videotape is a recent thing, is yeah. a new thing. Previously, they hadn't done the videotape. What they had done was they had murdered these women and then they had figured out what the mother's like daily routine is. And then place the body in a position so that the mother would be the one to find the dead body. Yeah. And they've changed it and they've, uh, they've changed that. They're putting in less effort. And they went to the videotapes at the start of the episode. Yeah. And we also get, uh, we, we also get, uh, I'm okay. What is the name of the, uh, what is the name of the Penelope character? Na Huang. Na Huang. We get Na Huang's origin story. We get the, the Black Queen origin story. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you, you get her. You, you don't get the whole story. Not the whole story. Because we, no, no, we no. don't get you just You just see her. Yeah. yeah she with, was a hacker. With her, her, her uh, hacker people. 
yeah, her hacker people because she needs to, um, because of the computer aspect and because the guy has a tattoo, right? They managed to find yeah. a tattoo in the picture of a guy who is part of people who do underground bondage pornography. Yeah. Right. Because pornography that's uh, bondage and sadism themed, like S&M themed bondage that's illegal to produce in South Korea. And these are guys who do it underground and they have this tattoo as part of the organization. So she uses her hacker contact uh, contacts and we get a brief flashback to when she was like uh, loving being part of the hacker subculture and using those skills. But then she found out her boyfriend was using them to rob people. Well, somebody and she, died. And then somebody killed themselves because they had ro been robbed of all their money. And she was racked with guilt. And then she gave it up and started working for the NCI. Yeah. So, like, we get, uh, we get, like, they zip through the Black Queen origin story in, like, a minute and a half. Yeah. I thought it was quite efficient storytelling. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they do do the Black Queen. Yeah, if they do more with the Black Queen stuff. I, yeah. They might. I mean, we don't know as of yet. But what yeah. I found really interesting here, so then she goes, she uses her contacts to find out who's working uh, with this underground porn organization. They go to a bus, the guy, and they manage, and he manage, and they manage to figure out who her partner was, like who the killer was. So they go to arrest the killer and it plays just like, like really close to the original. Cause right down yeah. to him having the invalid father, but instead of there yeah. being just a shooting, uh, we get a scene of Gunjun getting to have a foot chase with him. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> and then a dramatic section where the guy like stands up on the ridge and kills himself because yeah. he can't face up to it. And this gets super interesting. I thought, because they we established like the fun idea that this was the man she first recruited to work with her murders and because she, she looked in the snm yeah. community for a guy to help her with this because obviously you would think those are the kind of people who would be into torturing and killing women and he couldn't take it at all yeah like the the jump from fantasy rea to reality proved to be way too intense for him. And he backed out and he left her and he wouldn't do it anymore. And so she had to go and find another helpmate for her crimes. Yes. And so they identify, you know, talking to the pornographers, they identify a guy who he hung out with. And so they go looking for him. And who do they meet? That guy's abu abused spouse. Yes. And that's where we meet the Carla character and we get the amazing performance you were talking about. Yes, it is an amazing performance. Like, she, she's no, she is completely believable. Yeah. Right straight through until, and then you see her change when she oh, walks when away. They, and they do that. Not just when she walks away though. Like, yeah, cause they walk away and she gives that look and I'm like, Oh, that's fantastic. Yep. And it's like with one look, the audience gets to know entirely what's going on in this woman's head. Yeah. Like, you know, chef's kiss, great performance. Uh, it was, I was just blown away by what a great job she was doing in this episode. And then we get the key scene, just as it had been in the original, right? Where she gets sat in a room with her, uh, with her husband, right? Or partner and gets him to confess. Yeah. And, and she realizes that it's like, she didn't need, and it's, it goes back to the bondage uh, thing. She didn't need a, uh, a guy, a dom who liked torturing women. What she needed was a submissive who would do anything she said. Yeah. And that's what she got in this guy. 
And you get the exact same great scene where it plays so beautifully as he is pretending to, you know, yell at her and boss her around. But there's enough subtlety in his performance that you can get that that's not actually what's happening in the scene. Well, not only that, but as they as the team points out, she looks at all those pictures and doesn't even flinch. Yeah. Doesn't even twinge. Yeah, they left because they did they did the thing they normally do uh whenever they um whenever they put someone in there and want to prove we know everything, we know exactly you did it. Here's all the evidence laid out. You might as well confess. They do that with this guy's victims, right? But as you say, it's a great note that why wasn't she freaked out? Like, supposedly her man brutally murdered all these women and she's seeing all these pictures of women and, like, having no emotional reaction to it at all? At all. That seems weird. And so then they look closer at him and how he's behaving and how he's always looking to her for approval after he says anything. And they're like, oh, okay, we figured out what's going on here. Then they find out uh, about her backstory and then she escapes after their... uh, uh, after uh, she escapes, after they are escorting her out, like they do the thing where they try to call the guy who's walking her to her car or like walking her down. Well, she didn't have a car, but like walking yeah. her down and going to drive her home. But she uses, and this is a bit of a cheat. I'm I'm not 100% sure uh, how she managed to get the taser into the building with her. <laughs> like, they don't search people going into that building. They don't have, um... Yeah, I know. Uh, it that, didn't. That was a uh, bit of a cheat. I you think. would have think things would have beeped when she got, when they brought exactly, her in. Exactly right. There's metal components in a taser. You, you Maybe not in detector. Korean tasers. Right. Maybe they've got some <laughs> taser I've never heard of that has no metal parts whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know how it works without a battery, but that's another conversation we can have. <laughs> Lots of metal in a battery. That's all I'm saying. I know, but the thing that so she she stuns the guy, she steals his car, and she runs away because her plan is, of course, to murder the last victim, right? Who's still alive, chained up somewhere, right? To murder the last victim. Because it's the last person who is se- alive, except for her uh, her accomplice, of course, who is seen that she's part of it and can testify against her. But since they know she's evil now, they're able to do the in- uh, interrogation with her partner, get him to break down, get him to see what she's turned him into, and get him to confess and say where the where they're keeping the woman. So they, we get the rescue, and we get a happy ending, and then we get the scene you talked about. Which is the most important scene. Of the whole episode. Of the whole episode and a half. Mm-hmm. Where they're, walker, they're doing the perp walk into court and all the victims' families there and all the reporters there. Everyone's screaming at her. And then her mother is just screaming that this is her fault and that she's sorry from the sidelines. I'm like, damn. Yeah. And then you see Nahuang. Uh, no, no. Then you see whatever her name is. Which um, then you see the Homolka character stand yeah, up Homolka. straighter, stand up straighter, and more importantly, take off her mask. Yes, because they've got a mask on her because that's uh, a whole what they part do. of the yeah, it's part of the innocent until proven guilty thing. When you're being taken into custody, they'll put a little mask on you so there can't be photographs. So it turn if it turns out you didn't do it, your whole life doesn't get ruined. Yeah, but she's like, no, I'm taking off the mask. I'm owning who I am, right? I, I really liked that scene. 
I'm yeah. taking off the mask. I'm owning who I am. I'm dealing with my stuff. And yeah, it's weird that I'm complimenting a serial killer for her self-actualization. But at the same time, it's an important scene because it's the way that the that she was treated by her mother that led to this series of things. And this killer was a victim too. That doesn't excuse her actions in any way, shape, or form. But it's like, the person who was most responsible for all of this happened, who started the dominoes that led to this murder spree, like, knows what she did and apologizes for what she did. And that is really satisfying for an audience. No, it really is, because they even have that, they even have that discussion. Yeah. Between the two women, between um, Na, Wang, Na Wang, our, our Penelope Sun character. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Sun Wu, you know, that, that discussion about, you know, um, and it is, it is an ongoing problem for everybody that, yeah. you know, for those that do turn into evil people, who, those who have been abused turn into, the, into abusers themselves, turn into even more horrible people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What do you do? What yeah. do you do? Because it is a chain. It is a generational thing. We, yep. and um, so, and they handled that well at the end, just Absolutely. dealing that with the mother, just taking full responsibility. Yeah. Because it's too late to break the chain in this case, obviously. Yeah. She's going but, to jail. <laughs> she's going to jail for Evs. Yeah. But even though it's too late to break the chain in this case, this can serve as a lesson going forward. Listen to your children, protect your children and it's be- and it is better for everyone. And yeah. that's why I mean that's why the main character was so mad at these mothers cuz they're she's mad at her own mother because these yeah. are the mothers who did protect their daughters. Yeah. yeah. These are the mothers who did protect and stand by their daughters. And that's why she's so furious at them cuz these women got the life she wished she could have had. Yeah. But that was destroyed when her mother, you know, neglected her and sided with her abuser over her. Yeah, which is a really frigging common thing. No kidding. Uh, yeah, as I said, I had some <laughs> moments there when I was, wa- like, particularly yeah. you watching the uh, the the scene with the police, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm just going, you know, and uh, you're watching the mother just grab her daughter's hand, right? Yeah. Okay. Then and. Yeah, I know it's, it's yeah. Good. Anyway, go on. Oh, yeah, all right. of it. So was after good. that, the so it's it's a fantastic episode and a half about the Carla Homoka story. Yeah, really well done. Again, as usual, I think it's safe to say better than the original. Uh, they do they do a better job than the original did. Well, because but, they give you they give you so much more, and they give you, you see, they what what I'm noting now because we're right into yeah. six and what what i'm really noting now is that they into and into seven it they we complain about the brutalization of these victims all the time and how they seem to be we talk about it as you know sort of pornography right Yeah, they're enjoying the violence too much you know and they're putting way too much like you can see they cut out so much of that you see so little of that the violence what you see is the real um pain that it causes yeah like that's what they're focused on what we didn't talk is that that the girl is going 
you know, please don't do that again because she was going to pull out another nail, pull right? Out her fingernails. I yeah. would rather die. Well, okay, then I'm going to kill you. And then she takes her out and throws her in the car. Yeah. You know, and is going to take her away. Well, it doesn't happen. Yeah, she no, gets they get caught. interrupted by the cops. Uh, but and it's yeah, a really I, good it, it is. It is for sure. It doesn't. It doesn't indulge in the violence the way that the original did. No, it it those people all have to be taken care of, mm-hmm. and by giving the the their being more true, consistent in the idea that all of these serial killers are made. And yeah. maybe what we're going to get from the Reaper is the Reaper's backstory. We do have the Reaper's backstory. You've forgotten. We have the Reaper's backstory about the monstrously abusive father, right, who beat him his entire childhood and the mother who, you know, failed to protect him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then yeah, he, yeah, then he yeah. set the house on fire, yes. killing them. Yes, set the <laughs> house on fire, killing them. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've already got that. And so now, all right, so now let's just quickly go over the next 15 minutes of the show. And this is what I'm talking about when I say the show has a structure that makes no sense to someone who mostly watches American television. Yeah. Maybe this is a normal thing in Korea. I don't know. Because, so we got a full episode about Carla Homolka. Then we get 20 minutes to wrap up the previous episode's story finishing off the Carla Homolka story. And then, out of nowhere, we get 20 minutes about the the murder mystery from Hyunjun's childhood. Remember, yeah. his childhood girlfriend got murdered in the, the Riverside murder case that they keep talking about. Yeah. Right? And they, there's actually a scene early on where they're, after wrapping up, the, this is how this starts, they're talking about the case. Yeah, and he right? says they're, he was one of the... One of the suspects. While they're yeah. out playing pool at a bar, they're talking about yeah. the case, and he's like, technically, I was one of the suspects. Because yeah. it was my childhood girlfriend, and, you know, so they had to look into everybody. So among the, thou- you know, 1,200 suspects, as uh, as Lee, uh, Han Lee says, is someone we all know very well. Because you know? <laughs> he's memorized. By the way, um, they do a couple of things with the, the Reed character, Han Lee's... Um, you know, amazing memory. Yeah. Which is really nice because they're like, okay, well, we've got to, let's actually look into the, the river killer case because the reason they're talking about this is there was a prime suspect in the Riverside stabbing case and they were never able to pin on him. He had a problem. He's assaulted women, bad history. Like he makes perfect sense, but they were never able to pin it on. And he just got out of jail after spending like a year in jail for some crime against a woman like he always did. And so now they're, they want to look into that. And so they, they go to talk to him, they go to uh, interview him. And, uh, uh, this is where it gets interesting because, uh, Sun Woo goes to track this guy down. She looks for Han Lee's help going through the files and tracking him down and figuring out what might happen. And we find out that Sun Woo is also involved in the Riverside murder case. She's the one who found the body. Yeah. And And that's very interesting. Scarred her for life and sent her into the police. Yeah. Scarred her for life, sent her into the police. And we find out that uh, Hyun Jun has a piece of information that has been of no use because he thinks he was supposed to meet the victim 
that day, uh, we find out the rosaries he wears are hers, right? They yeah. traded uh, bracelets. Yeah. And the rosaries he always wears are hers. I guess she was Catholic? Or maybe it's just, maybe it's uh, Buddhist beads. I don't know. Uh, one or probably, the other. I would, wouldn't, I would probably Buddhist beads. Probably Buddhist beads. I see, I see beads wrapped around enough. someone's wrist. My, oh, you're right, it doesn't have enough to be rosary beads. Yes, it doesn't have enough beads on it to be rosary, to be rosary beads. Uh, but anyway, so we find out that on the day, he thinks he saw her walking away with a from strange where man with a strange man he's never seen before and he only saw from behind yeah so, and here's where it gets good because if the show was you know ready to blow your mind uh i it didn't give any and like we no anticipation this was gonna happen so they get to the crime scene uh sun Wu gets to a scene where he has kidnapped and is assaulting a woman but by the time she gets up there the woman is dead and the guy, their suspect has been brutally stabbed. And quasi garroted And garroted, Yeah. Stabbed and garroted, And he is dying. And he's, what does he say to her? Because he gets one line. He has time to say one thing and I'm oh, trying to remember shit. what it was. I can't remember, but it was, it, it was someone else. Right. Yeah, because it's about, he. yeah, he was he. there. Yeah, yeah, he. Yeah. And and we, we get find a sort out, of picture of it. And and then we get this great moment where we look and we look at the dead guy's body and they're like, why does that dead guy have an earring on him? And and then team manager Kang sees the photos and he's like, that's my wife's ear. No, 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 no. They still what haven't team? shown it to. Oh, they haven't shown it to him. No, I'm team manager Kang. Yeah. No, they they see the earring and then. Um, Min Young, right. our, our Penelope no. sees yes. it and recognizes, and recognizes it. it immediately. Yes, I've and got then it order Sun Woo says she's not going to tell Team Leader Kang Through because Kang. she doesn't yes. want him to suffer anymore. Well, Team Leader Kang needs to know because yeah. guess what this proves? Yep, because that's the Reaper's M.O. He takes something off his previous victim and leaves it on his next victim. Yep. And what he did was after escaping, I guess, because it's not like he stole the earrings when he was arrested, because they would have taken no. it off of him. So after he escaped, he broke into the house, I guess, got one of the wife's earrings, and now left it on the body. The Reaper is back, and he murdered their suspect. Yeah. And so... And he's yes, also been... Probably he has also been um, controlling the suspect. Yes. Yeah. 100% that's the implication. The implication is that while even while he was in jail he was controlling this man. Yep. And it raises the question, is the reaper the guy who murdered that girl all those years ago? Was that his first murder? Was that his first murder? Like it is it has opened up a lot of big questions. Yep. Uh that I cannot wait to see how this plays out. So yeah, yeah, really, and this is just like 20 minutes. They got through all of this stuff. It's kind of amazing. They don't devote the rest of the episode to it because they do like 20 minutes of Carla Mocha, 20 minutes of the Riverside stabbing and the Reaper. And then what's this? 15 minutes of the Mitch Pileggi road rage story. Yeah. Like, the what? one that was, the one that was so good in oh. um, 
Criminal Minds. It was yeah. one of the better ones. It was. Criminal no, it was Minds. a fan. And again, entirely down to the performances and yeah. the full, the full believable depiction of the man's psychotic, what triggered his psychotic break. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was brilliantly done. That was a really good episode of Criminal Minds. Yeah. And I was, you know, and I almost wanted to go to eight, but I'm going, no, we can't do the. No, no, you lady. can't. Well, no, we're this not is what do... I said. We're not going to do that episode. We <laughs> yeah. will save it for next week. And that is exactly what we're going to do. So I guess join us back here next week for episode eight. Uh, episode The rest of episode seven. So starting with the road rage. And I assume they're going to wrap up the road rage halfway through the episode eight and then do something else through eight and nine. But we're going to be watching eight and nine next week. Yeah. And we might have to call on, given the way this show is structured, we might have to call an audible and get halfway into episode 10. But we're definitely watching eight and nine at the end of. Well, seven, we're going to watch. Yeah, week. the last the last fifteen minutes of seven. Yep, and, and then, then eight, all of eight, and then as much nine. of nine as it seems. Because if nine ends up being a full story on its own, we'll watch it. If nine just wraps up a story and then starts a new story, we'll just cover the story wrap. Yeah, and through this all, and uh, yeah, and so I mean that's what we're going to do. So it's um it. Probably sounded a little disjointed today. Oh, I guarantee it's a, I guarantee you this know, is a complete incoherent mess. And I apologize. For when that. I listen to this to make sure that we've got everything correct, um, I, I'm going to go, no, none of us really swore. We don't that swear. Was that. Yeah. That, was, that was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's not our problem. No, that is uh, not our problem. <laughs> no, our problem is incoherence in that trying to do these names. I should have double checked whether I can see the pictures and whether it's really clear who's who. Yeah. Oh, no, and, it is. You've, you've got this right. While we were talking, I opened it up. And yeah. Yeah. Sun Wu is that. Uh, Na Huang is that. Is Emily. Uh, Min, yeah. Uh, Min, uh, Min, Min Young, I'm pretty sure is JJ. And Na Huang is uh, Penelope. Yeah. No one else is a problem. Like, obviously, Lee Han. Unfortunately, Lee Han doesn't have a picture. So yeah, this is what I say. So, and he's the only one. He's the only one who doesn't have a picture, and the other two guys on the show are clearly depicted, so he must be the third guy in the show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but this is, um, y you know, it has been, I think the thing that really struck me is the thing that, and, and you can, you'll be listening to our breakdowns of Criminal Minds in its entirety, the worldview, right? Yeah. Um as as you're listening to us talk about these shows and it was pretty clear one of our complaints was that everybody was fine the next day yeah you know um nobody ever suffered from anything nobody ever had to go and in this show obviously there, somebody no decided yeah. that somebody decided that is unrealistic and you see it and particularly for team leader kang because this is the second massively he took a year off after yeah. the bombing yeah and now he has lost his family like he lost his wife and now he lost his wife and he's still so upset about that yeah. and you see it and what i was really glad about is because we've got more than one child you know, yeah. you could have somebody else's child be at risk. For once. Maybe <laughs> we're know? not just going to see Jack over and over again. Yeah, because you never saw JJ, JJ's, JJ kids and... being in danger. Will's no, they kids were in, being in danger. Will, Will's kids were never in danger. No. Right? So here you had, and you have two separate children being in danger. Yeah. 
it's it is interesting, and we'll see how that goes. But yeah. fundamentally, I think what I liked the most was the 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 fact that as part of his PTSD, like because they talk about how he did the right thing by not killing the Reaper, right? But at the same time. You, you got this moment with team leader Kang where you see that having done the right thing doesn't really give him any comfort. No. You know, and that's in, like it, how frustrating that is for him. And I'm not, I'm saying there's a possibility that by the end of the show, team leader Kang is going to kill the Reaper. I, I think that could wind up happening. Well, uh, if, if it does, you know, and we sometimes do talk about these predictions, yeah. But if it does, right, it will be in a justified situation. Well, of course. I don't not out of murder. anger. Probably not. Not out of anger, not out of rage. Revenge. Not out yeah. of revenge, but because it was a necessity, there was no other way they yeah. could take him in. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised if that is what we get. Like, uh, I think you're right that is likely that if he kills the Reaper, it is likely that's how it'll play. I, I agree with you on that one. Because completely. because this is, and you have to, I mean, this is a culture we don't talk about a lot of things. I mean, it is a, this is being, has been recreated in a very, very different culture. Absolutely. Um, and a culture that deals with responsibility very differently, mm -hmm. um, has, has a community sense that is very different. And you yeah. can see it play out. And I would say that generally speaking, after all, even though they became Moonies and Christians yeah. uh, in South Korea as well, the Buddhist influence is overrides. Like it, it is a lot of that. always yeah. it cultures change religious systems. Yeah. Right. It's always the way it is. And we don't see much of that because you wouldn't with Buddhism. No. You know, because Buddhism doesn't have the Christian thing. No. Um, it doesn't have the Moonies thing. It doesn't have the cult thing, right? Because no, they did all. talk with the anthrax about, you know, the, the two incidents in Japan. Yeah. And they did talk about, they did have people like that in Korea. The Anshan Rikyo yeah. cult. Yeah. And they quickly, they quickly just got rid of that idea yeah, because they, this, it like, didn't fit. Yeah. It didn't fit the kind of crime that happened. And, um, so it's not like they're they're missing and they're unaware of what's happening in the outside world. Oh no, not at all. Um, you know, and but sometimes, yeah, okay, that's well and good, but it's not necessarily going to fit here. But there is a definite, clear, up to this point, idea that these people that they are chasing are made, are created. They're not yeah. born that way. They're created. They're not just pure evil. Yeah. Uh, these, these criminals are being, you know, built. And yeah, yeah uh, that do did happen in Criminal Minds. They did, in a lot of episodes, go into the killer's backstories. But again, it's, it's a question of the kind of writing they do and the kind of performance on the part but, of the killers that makes it feel completely different here than it did in Criminal well, Minds. Well, because not only here, here it's consistent. Yes, yeah, no, I, you're right here. And I think that's, you're right. The part of the biggest issue is here, they clearly have a worldview. Yeah. And, and in Criminal Minds, there was no consistent world. As I said, it, it, you will hear me say this, you know, <laughs> every, justifying why the hell I wondered whether or not these writers were all um, 
Scientologists. Scientologists, right? It's the inconsistency uh, yeah. that it. And that goes, again, we'll get back to this again. It goes to having a consistent writing room. Oh, yeah. No, it does. And you get into all kinds of problems when you're constantly swapping out writers. And again, on a show like Hunter, that never mattered. Because it didn't really, like, you didn't need to worry about characters <laughs> growing and changing Hunter, over the years. okay. Yeah. yeah. You could just have, you could just have. If, if people listening to this aren't familiar with Hunter... They said, what if, uh, what if Dirty Harry was a TV show and that's the show Hunter? There you go. Yeah. It ran forever. Like it was on for so long. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. It was literally just, what if Dirty Harry was a TV show and that's, that's Hunter. But the point is like week in, week out, you could just, oh, well, there's a new case this week. There's a new case. And you didn't have to think about stuff like that. But with something about Criminal Minds, which is actually trying to tell a story about psychology, about human nature, about how the world works. You can't have these inconsistencies. You have to decide how the world works, and then you have yeah. to tell stories based on how the world works. Yeah, and as I said, I, I swear, you know, you did, nobody even bothered to go back. Like, they didn't insist that writers... Like, if you're going to bring a new writer onto a show, then... You better have watched the whole show. You better have watched the show, because that's the way I would see it, and, uh, right? Obviously, yeah. But... um particularly if you're going to start writing characters and the rest of it. And I remember saying once, I mean, I listened to that um, and we talked about it. One of the, with Breen Frazier and um, Erica Messer, they did. Oh, that was a commentary. That was a painful commentary. I'll tell you. Yes, it was. That was a very painful commentary to listen to. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but one of the things that, why Derek was so consistent. Yeah. And that's when I asked the question of, okay, well, did the writer who was responsible for consistency with um, Hotch leave? Yeah. I mean, it does feel yeah. that way. And uh, whereas here, as I've already said last, last time, you have one person is, is given. The, writing the whole Writing stuff. credit. Yeah. yeah, for the whole. That's show. it, and uh, Jeff Davis even gets his gets his money from these twenty episodes. <laughs> of course, he did. He created all these characters. <laughs> Series writing credits. Yeah, Jeff Davis and Young Hyun. Yeah, for creating yeah. all the characters. Um, yeah. The thing that interests me, and I really do have to look to see if there's an Indian Criminal Minds, because it really feels like there should be, given the amount of television they put out and given how much they love Criminal Minds in India. I really feel like there must be an Indian criminal mind. So I'm going to look into that. Well, I've uh, tried so far. I haven't found anything, well, but no, you might again, have better it would not luck. Be, again, it would not be legal. That's the well, thing. No, I know. called criminal mind. Oh, uh, oh, oh, wait a what? sec. What? Wait a sec. I did. I, that's what I wanted to tell you last week. I did okay. find one thing and it was a question, the same question I had asked essentially. Right. Right. Um, and it had been, it's on Reddit. Right. And it had been, the question was there, but the responses had been completely. I don't hurt. know what question you're talking about. Uh, uh, is there an, is there, did, did they make a criminal minds in India? Oh, okay. So someone so, actually looked into this. And it is in Reddit. And because I don't have a Reddit account. I will go and I will look but into But you can't, that. but you cannot get it. It has been. Deleted, I know, but I will go yeah. and do that similar research myself. Yeah. All right, so um, the key part is 
that was weird. Uh, the key part is they are doing a stellar job of taking the the bones of criminal minds. And I know we say this every week, but it is 100% true that they're doing a stellar job of taking the bones of criminal minds and changing and warping and building on them until they're something that is still recognizably criminal minds, but it is armed with a a worldview. It is armed with an idea about human nature, ideas about psychology, uh, like for better or for worse, and this is what we grappled with in the five-part thing that is playing now, at its core, Criminal Criminal Minds Korea more clearly has something to say than yeah. Criminal Minds ever did, in the same way that our beloved Prodigal Son has something to say. Yeah. Okay, and here's something else I will tell you. Yeah. That as I was watching the Anthrax episode, like there are things that are pretty consistent in south korean dramas okay and and it is i've i don't know if i've talked about this before but there is this problem of the bureaucracy and the ruling class right and also the military class because the idea of the military you know um a rogue military special forces yeah. is something that comes up in one of these other the i can't remember because of which the aftermath of the coup be well the because of the aftermath and they had to explain the coup entirely like there was one guy and oh it was in the hospital one it was the hospital drama i was watching what the hell was okay. it called i can't remember right. um it wasn't the one that the good doctor is based on it was something yeah. else um and that one yeah i mean the the guy who is um going to take over the hospital and create efficiencies and all of this stuff because they his hedge fund essentially has bought that, invested in the bought hospital, the hospital and... basically and they're going to do all of this and then he and the and they want to put up a new building on this land and this guy refuses to move he and his wife say no and then it talks about the military the military coup and it it was just like a lecture it was it was yeah. just like th just this, there to this tell, guy teach the audience about the coup. It was almost as if that that whole thing was yeah, you can't do this to us. Um, you can't take us away, and this is what happened. And we were virtually slaves with oh, yeah, this military the, coup. And the military they were Koreans. It wasn't was like they brought in immigrants, and they weren't <laughs> they weren't blacks, and they weren't Chinese, and they weren't anything else. They were Koreans. And yeah. they were basically enslaved yeah. during it's, the it's, military coup. The military coup was a terrifying part of their history. I actually learned about it in university, funnily enough. Um, but the And that's the thing. Because of the military coup, like America has this, what can best be described as a worshipful relationship with its military. Yeah. Especially its special forces people, who we have been taught for decades... To like that they are the the most American men, the special forces guys. Yeah. Whereas in uh, Korea, they are rightfully suspicious of military authority. Yeah, and the other thing that you need to do, um, yeah. maybe we maybe we should do a Sunday show on this. We can talk about this on this show, um, but just is is look at we've all watched um, the Kiefer Sutherland one, uh, designated survivor, designated survivor, and then we. 
you you need to watch the Korean designated, Korean designated survivor. survivor. Yeah. No, I will. And, and we can we do a whole we'll show a on a Sunday show. show. Yeah, we'll do a Sunday show after I've seen Korean criminal uh, designated survivor. Yeah, I think it's on Netscape. Again, Net- Netflix. Netflix. Uh, you know. It's fine. Hey, we all we all miss Netscape. Okay. We all hate <laughs> what Microsoft did to did. Netscape, completely destroying it. Oh, it was terrible. It was. It was. The and first then Google good came along. And then Google came. From the people who used to work in Netscape. Netscape, right? And they yeah. at least have a decent search engine. Yeah, they so. at least have a decent search engine, unlike Microsoft. But we're not here to talk about that. No. So uh, this show, <laughs> all we can say is that yes, there were a few more flaws and a few in cheats episodes. in these episodes. Oh yeah. But on a whole, they cover the episodes better. Yeah, no, we can't. Again, the Anthrax one. The Anthrax one is a we little more difficult sure. yeah. because we're missing 15 minutes of it. The most important, important 15, 15 minutes, minutes of the episode. The profile, the finding the, profile, the guys. Yeah, did, how they found the guys. Did did Han actually yeah. pull a Spencer Reed? You or know? did he just stumble into this? Was was this something? Yeah. yeah, was was this something that he was supposed to go and just see the doctor because they thought there was just the doctor and, and he stumbled he into it accidentally? Into yeah, because exactly. that's sort of the impression you get and but the way they're treating sure. him, but. Who knows, right? Exactly. They thought it was a safe thing to do to go visit the doctor. Hopefully at some point in the future, we will find out. Yeah. But for now, uh, we're going to wrap this up and say we'll be back here on Thursday with more What is Criminal Minds? Talking about the show's myriad inconsistencies. Yeah. Then we're going to be back next Tuesday for, as we said, episode eight and uh, the end of seven, all of eight. And we'll see how much of nine nine. we get through, depending on the structure of that episode. And of course, it's interesting because if this was on TV, this is a way of keeping you in because we don't get absolutely keeping you hooked. I need to go see half of the story and you they serialize it out. I've got to see next week's episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you think we should check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you were listening to this on some sort of a podcatcher or, you know, iTunes or whatever, be sure to rate and review the show because that is how people get it recommended to them. We'll see you back here on Thursday. But until then, I'm going to say au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.